Long days and pleasant nights to you guys. This week's episode is Ali Matu. He is a psychologist, therapist, and YouTube personality. He has a YouTube show called The Psych Show. You should go check it out where psychological concepts are explained easily and quickly for your convenience. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash waywardwordsmiths.com. That's what Tyler Riley did, who also is in a show coming up called The Promised Land. Climate change is ripped society apart. Abram, Esther, and their daughter Rebecca lead a community to the end of the world, but Elliot, a traveling salesman, brings trouble. Everything is put to risk. You can go see Promised Land at the 30th Street Theater um, May 29th through June 10th. You can go to brownpaperbagtickets.com to get tickets there. I'm going to go. I love Tyler. He does fantastic work as an actor, and he's also a very good human being. Enough of this frivolous nonsense that we called advertising and let's begin the show <laughs> being a little, I guess like it is one of those things about like I understand why people there is a reason to take like mental health incredibly seriously but also on the other hand it's like still just part of life for people yeah so it's still funny and weird in that same way like like, the way I talk about my anxiety is the same way someone might talk about, like, how they their body functions, like, yeah. going to the bathroom or something. It's just like, oh, this is just part of my life. Right, right. And until we get to that place where more people are doing that, mm-hmm. um, we're still going to be dealing with all the stigma bullshit. It needs mm-hmm. to be something we can just talk about like that. Yeah. Also, Hufflepuff pride. Yeah? I am a proud Hufflepuff. Amazing. There's not <laughs> many. There's not many Hufflepuffs that are like proud of it, like yeah. loud and. I'm very. I'm very obstinate about it because yeah. I tend to think that Gryffindors are very much overrated. And oh, so overrated! And it's one of those things. And they're of so like, into themselves. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things. Uh, somewhat, I said this to one of my friends at a rehearsal. Who she is a Gryffindor, um, and because like Paul F. Tompkins, this is a third degree story. <laughs> right. Paul F. Tompkins <laughs> referred to. Uh, Gryffindor is like quote unquote like the regular house, the normal mm. house, and mm. I'm like, okay, so Gryffindor is to Harry Potter houses what white is to media. Got it, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Understood. It's the default setting. It's a default setting. It's mm-hmm. what. It's what minorities aspire to <laughs> associate with, like non woke people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> totally, <laughs> absolutely. What does that make? What does that make Slytherin then? <sighs> I don't. I don't want to get too deep into that. That would I be like an off-air conversation. Yeah, it's like <laughs> an off-air conversation. Number one, number two. I don't. I'm not well informed enough to have that compare. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know about whiteness and white right. media, obviously. But, right. But you do a show, right? I do a show. Are yeah. we on? Are yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just like yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've heard that experience so many times I've yeah, never yeah. like lived through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do I do a show. Um a long time ago I used to do a podcast and yeah. then that died. Yeah. We, we did like seventy three episodes mm-hmm. and then um And was that about like mental health as well? No. Or? No. no. It was it was, ca- it was called Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. Okay. Um and so we would do like one hour and it was like one topic. Mm-hmm. Uh so like maybe it might be like Avengers Infinity War. Sure. And then we would have what's called the infinite crossover chamber. It's a very fancy device that we created that would allow us 
to mash up different characters, mm-hmm. constructs, mm-hmm. concepts. So if we did that episode now, it would probably be like um, Infinity War versus Justice League. Mm-hmm. Like what was a better team up? And sure, so we would sure. debate these questions. And then we do, do uh, we would do a top five mm-hmm. related to that, like maybe top five team-ups or something. That's interesting. It was a cool show. Yeah. We loved it. But then two things happened. One, it was really hard to d- cover a different piece of media every week. Yeah, that would, sounds exhaustive. Oh, so exhaustive. Mm-hmm. So my friend would say, let's review Multiversity next week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, how hard can that be? And it was literally like, infinitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's like like the densest, most amazing DC short series multiverse celebration. Yeah. Um, and so it was a lot of that. We just couldn't keep it up. Mm-hmm. And then number two, like not as many people were listening to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a crowded space. So I ended that. It is, yeah. But what that taught me is how to build an audience. Mm-hmm. And I sort of thought about, okay, what do I want to do? What difference can I make in the mm-hmm. world? So I was like, well, okay, one thing that I think I could do um, is maybe I could do videos. I really mm-hmm. like photography. Uh, there's not a lot of psychologists on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So why don't I do that? And yeah. so that led to the psych show, which is yeah. what I do now. And what is that? the primary thesis of that show? The thesis yeah, of like, that what's show. The goal? Uh, the goal is to make psychology fun and easy to understand. Okay, cool. And that and mental health and everything associated with psychology. Mm-hmm. So that's the question I ask myself. Is this fun? Yep. And is it easy to understand? Yep. And sometimes I lean more towards one or another, but mm-hmm. I try to do both in every episode. Yeah, that's my that, goal. That absolutely makes sense. I a huge once again thesis of, of that I've had specifically you've seen my set of like mm-hmm. is it needs to be palatable yeah. and it needs to be funny yeah. and then if it can teach you something yeah. or make me more relatable yeah. they can go like even if it's something like because I I'm, I talk about uh, bipolar disorder and my thing and if someone doesn't know what that is yeah. here's, it, here's it in my set and then here's it later in a conversation they go oh no I have a context yeah 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 it's just little I, things like I that I remember this thing and the, the cool thing about your set oh thank you Already. There's so many cool things. One was Gollum. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Thank you, you. You became Gollum <laughs> on that stool, and yeah. part of me was like, "Don't fall! Don't <laughs> fall!" Like. Part of me was like that too. <laughs> um, it turned. I don't know. It started to swivel, and I was like, "Oh nope, my god! Nope!" Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I couldn't tell. I yep. couldn't tell. Um, but what's so cool is, um, it's such a, um, and I mean this in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. It's such a sticky set. Like it sticks in my head. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. And so, like, um, w- if someone doesn't have a context for bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. I could so see how your set is, like, a sticky idea of, like, oh, mm. I remember that. Yeah. I remember hearing and learning a little bit about this. Good. I'm glad um, to hear that. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so you're a psychologist or are you a therapist? Or I'm, like- a psych- uh, I'm a both. Both? I'm both. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a clinical psychologist. Um, I what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that I have I went to school for way too long and I have a lot of student <laughs> debt. It's what that means. <laughs> well, yep. <laughs> and my parents are very disappointed that I became the wrong kind of doctor. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what that means. <laughs> um, but the reality is, so um, clinical psychologists can do a lot of things. They have expertise in mental mm-hmm. health and mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us do research. Sure. That's not me. 
Not not you. Not me. You're, are you, so you're like on the practical application side. Totally. Awesome. Totally. So I like to take all that good research that people are doing mm-hmm. and apply it. Mm-hmm. And which I would um, say is the most important part of research, <laughs> to be honest. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's funny. A lot of researchers they they spend like years developing these big questions and then getting all this money to do that research and then they just kind of like write a paper yep. and present it to the world and assume that like it's now out there yeah and then like no one reads that paper or like no. their five other psychology friends read it and no one else yeah <laughs> it's like me with a vlog yeah. <laughs> right. could you imagine doing it's like, like me with a vlog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you imagine doing, like, a, a whole thesis paper of just, like, a Twitter thread so people do oh. read it? That would be so buck wild. Oh, my gosh. There would be so many tweets. Yeah, it'd be, like, 120 or whatever. I don't it know. It would be a massive – what's that called? Like, a thunderclap? Is that what that's called? I have no idea. It's, like, when people do, like, a massive thread oh, wow. and they just, like, lay it out there. I don't know. <laughs> like, a thunderclap is a thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's it. Or if maybe a thunderclap is just when people, like – they Dunk. take one sentence and they mm-hmm. put the the clap emoji in it a bunch of times. May I don't have, know. I'm not sure. I'm know. not. I'm I'm too old for that. I don't <laughs> know. But so you are on the practical application side. Yeah. So you have done you have done some research, I assume, yeah. in school, yeah. and then now you are a therapist. Totally, yeah. totally. What's your um, expertise? So um, I went into grad school not knowing what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. I did a dissertation that completely like blew up in my face and then it changed it and th- now that's my expertise uh-huh. so is, ch- is changing <laughs> is changing yeah. is, is really messing up a dissertation <laughs> that's my expertise <laughs> when you want to know how to do that come to me I have a quick uh, question yeah what is a dissertation I've, yeah. I have no concept okay cool so um I could talk to you about this for a long time okay. and it would be very boring so mm-hmm. I'll give you the short version of okay. it. So uh, when you go to when you're getting a doctorate in mm-hmm. psychology you have to you spend about two years taking a bunch of classes sure and then you got to take a big test that shows that you know all that stuff mm-hmm. and you have to do a thesis. A thesis is mm-hmm. like a mini research project sure and then after that what happens for the next two years is you getting a ton of clinical experience, like mm-hmm. working with people, getting supervised, learning all that stuff, while also doing your own completely independent research project, and that's called a dissertation. Okay. And then you write about five times more text than is actually needed, uh-huh. and then you have to stand in front of like five people uh-huh. who are going to judge you and criticize you and try mm-hmm. to break you down and then you have to not break down that's called defending your dissertation sure and then once that's defended uh-huh. and once you finish all your clinical training then you get your doctorate okay so my dissertation was on hair pulling disorder and how it changes over time yeah it's um it's got it used to have a very funny name, trichotillomania. Hmm. It took me about a year and a half to learn how to spell that. <laughs> um, now I can spell it really well. Uh-huh. But uh, that was that was my dissertation. And, and my whole area of interest is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. My first love is treating anxiety, mm-hmm. um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, tics, Tourette's, mm-hmm. um, skin picking disorder, um, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what comes along with that? And what comes along with that is a lot of stuff. 
depression, bipolar depression, mm-hmm. um, sometimes other things that I have no idea how to treat and I sent to other friends like mm-hmm. uh, eating disorders. I'm really bad at treating eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't treat eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes other stuff, substance use. Yeah. So common with anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like the norm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <We're> just... <laughs> Which is a whole another kettle of fish, I suppose. And, like, I feel like, uh, kind of on that note, just talking a little, I feel like people around my age, I'm, like, 25, mm-hmm. are the most anxious people just because of the yeah. way, like, the the media has affected everything. And because of that, we've all developed bad substance habits, whether it's drinking or if it's just food consumption right. and stuff like that, yeah. which is, I think, a weird issue that no one really saw coming. Yeah, but, yeah. No, there's there's uh, data on this. There's the uh, American Psychological mm-hmm. Association. Every year they do a survey called Stress in America Survey. <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert, Americans are stressed. Yep. But um, uh, the last few years it's focused really on uh, politics and the future direction of the country. And sure. And people are really stressed about that. Yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before that, though, what they yeah. found is um, the cohort of millennials so a lot of Uh people who are and you can you know define millennial very different ways but 35 and under 30 and under 25 and under Mm -hmm. were the most um anxious and stressed of all the age demographics and i think there's a lot of reasons for that there's Man, there's a lot of stuff that was supposed to be amazing and has really turned out to be pretty crappy. Yeah. <laughs> like the internet has yeah. done some amazing things. It's also done some crappy things and mm-hmm. the ec- uh, economic collapse. Yeah. There's just so much stuff that's yeah. been crappy. Absolutely. And I, I think going up to that, like it, it has a lot of, I think it has a lot to do with like the social media consumption of yeah. like we're mm-hmm. all presenting something. Yeah. Whereas like I feel like even in the early days of the internet though, like a blog was just like, I feel this way today rather than. I need to feel happy, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, because there is like, and that's why I love th- seeing like older people use Facebook because they <laughs> use it like a like I bought a hat today yeah. and look at my cool hat yeah. and they don't worry about how many likes they're getting. Yeah. Like, and it's it's just like it's just a weird thing. Like, it sounds like a I, I'm a, like an old man, but it is like I see it in my peers, and I know and I feel it in myself where like sometimes I am anxious and I go to my phone just to like have something to do totally and it's i think we're in this weird evolutionary gap of either we're going to adapt to this or we're going to have to stop using it yeah totally it's that is such an interesting idea about um older generations might be using facebook better than us yeah like no one like takes a picture of their new hat and and then like goes online is like oh man look at everyone else's great hat my hat sucks yeah Um, (laughs) but like i do that all the time yeah absolutely like oh man this person's eating at you know whatever like blue hill oh i wish i was eating at blue hill my meal sucks (laughs) this like pizza slice is horrible Uh um it's it's a it's it is a totally weird place in our evolution. Yeah, like we are evolved to be able to see each other and have human mm-hmm. interactions. Like that is one of the things that keeps us from beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, absolutely. Is just seeing each other's face. Yeah, and getting that eye contact. And one of the things that is really related to like horrible online behavior is that lack of eye contact. It's, absolutely. It's not anonymity. 
Um, people often think like, oh, you're anonymous online. No. Uh, no, bullshit. Like, go on Facebook. I've had a lot of horrible interactions with people on Facebook, and that's, we still have each other's name. We know who, mm-hmm. who we are, but we don't have that face-to-face stuff that yeah. presses the break and humanizes us. And the other thing that's different about this is being able to see everyone else kind of posting their best parts of themselves Mm-hmm. For people who might be struggling with anxiety or, or depression, they're way more vulnerable to FOMO, uh, yeah. fear of missing out, and uh, this thing that a lot of psychologists called envy-inducing incidents, oh. where you see something, mm-hmm. it makes you envious of other people, and it leads you to try to present yourself in an even better way, and mm-hmm. it makes you feel even worse about yourself. And yeah. anyone who has anxiety or depression, that hits you much harder. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Um, and did you go to school, going a little bit back, did you yeah. go to school here? Or are you from the this area, or where are you from? No, there? New York is like, so not my <laughs> vibe <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. I grew up in Northern California. Oh, heard. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. Man, we are chill out there. Yeah, I would. <laughs> we, like, we take our time. Everyone plays yeah. everything by ear. Yeah. We don't Ugh. we don't plan in advance. That sounds so stressful to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in this like purgatory now. Yeah. Where I'm not completely Californian anymore and uh-huh. I go back and I get pissed off when people aren't like planned like let's yeah, go yeah. like like what are you doing to do tonight? Oh, we'll play it by ear. No, like I'm I need only, to know. I need yeah. to know. But I'm also, like, a little too chill for New York. Uh And so people are, like, you know, planning everything out here. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, can we just, like, take a moment to enjoy the moment? (laughs) Um, So I'm in this messed up state. But uh, Uh, I grew up in California. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, And did you go to school out there, too? Yeah. So I am... I was a really bad student. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I almost flunked out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a PhD, so I got, suck it. Suck it. Uh, <laughs> suck it, education. Uh, who, who's, who's sucking it? I don't know who's sucking Past it. you, past, I guess you're... The past me. Past yeah. me. Um, that is weird, because it's past me sucking like yeah it's, it's okay we'll move on because it's like is a that weird okay time or not co- yeah because like, the, you're, that's technically like a, a minor but also because right. you're in high school but yeah. it's also you is it yeah. masturbatory is it not is it not you know is it it's um, like a real ex machina sort of right. level of conundrum am i creating some type of like time loop <laughs> mm. causality did you paradox? say time lube time <laughs> <laughs> Am I creating a time loop paradox? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was a really bad student. So I um, just did not know what I wanted to do with my life and uh, ended up almost failing out of high school. Mm-hmm. Went to community college. Sure. And waited to the last minute to register for classes, mm-hmm. as I did with everything. And, <laughs> <laughs> and ended up taking intro psych because it covered a bunch of general ed stuff. Uh-huh. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I was in the back of the classroom with the hoodie on. Yeah. And I was like, mm, this class sucks. And then the first day was all about big myths that people have about why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? This is interesting. And I was always a sci-fi geek. Mm-hmm. So for me, intro-psych was like answering all the questions of science fiction. Like, sure. why do people do what we do? Like, Planet of the Apes, the original. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Charlton Heston was one of my favorite um, 
film series growing up and it was all about like inhumanity like why are we horrible to each other yeah and here's now a subject that has answers for that like scientific answers so that got me hooked first time in my life where i would read ahead wow in a textbook i never did that i never read anything and so i just kept taking psychology classes um ended up going to college in la and then grad school in dc and um my girlfriend at the time now wife wanted to move to New York and I mm-hmm. said okay <laughs> that place is scary to me and so we've been here ever since oh, that's really great though that's a really cool story yeah um I feel like community colleges are very underrated totally because you can like take how many years you need to figure out what the hell you want to do and it's not that expensive whereas like hell I yeah. feel ugh, I feel for these like um people my age who go to a, like even a state school can be really expensive and they don't know what they want to do they're just totally. they, they just know that they should go to college yeah and it's just like well just don't go until you know yeah. and i think that's why i think having like a gap year in between high school and whatever you choose might be good for you where you can yeah. kind of like but then people end up staying at home blah 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 blah, blah. um kind of personal question if you don't mind go for it um do you also, like, because you treat people with anxiety. Yeah. And do you have an anxiety? Because, like, yeah. living here and yeah. how, <laughs> just in general, is, like, the thing I always say is to live here is to have it. If you were neurotypical totally. when you came in, you're yeah. gonna, not going to be when you're going out. <laughs> it's like I, the war. I always tell people who are visiting New York, uh, this place is a complete assault on your senses. Yeah. Like, everything. Yeah. Like, you're going to feel it. You're going to smell a bunch of poop. Uh, or urine. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, this time of year, usually it's more urine yeah. that I end up smelling. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Less and poop. Sweat. Sweat. And then also, what's always so interesting is like, I was thinking about this the other day on my commute home. Like, there's like two um, panhandlers and then a guy who just kept going, <laughs> And I was just like, this is this is my commute home from work. <laughs> Anywhere else, they'd be like, what is happening? What is going on? <laughs> And it's just one of those things of, like, getting approached by people and that yeah. amount of people I think we're just not designed for. And yeah. that's why everyone's yeah. like, what is a threat, yeah. what isn't? Yeah. I've become um, really good at switching from I'm going to help you out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you directions and help you get where you're going and yeah. being that New Yorker mm-hmm. to the complete asshole. I don't even acknowledge your existence as a human being. Sure. So, like, I'm... And and this is the thing to answer your question. I think I've become much more like on edge, vigilant, mm-hmm. looking around and seeing threats. Yeah, like that. New York has made me more of that. Mm-hmm. Like um, my um, the clinic I work at is in Columbus Circle, and yeah. every time I leave Columbus Circle, like like at least once a week, I would say someone comes up to me, and I'm like quickly trying to assess: mm-hmm. do they need help? Or do they want my money? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was not that guy before. I was mm-hmm. always, like, much more, like, you know, again, Northern California, super chill. Yeah. Like, we're all humans, man. Let's mm-hmm. all just, like, love. Um, so it's it's made me more on edge. And I'm a guy who grew up with social anxiety. Like, sure. hardcore. 
Hardcore. I had something that um, now we understand as selective mutism, uh-huh. which sounds like the next X-Men movie. It's not. <laughs> See, I thought of Pokemon, but yes. Yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's a generational difference. Yep, like, I just mix, missed uh, Pokemon. Uh-huh. It just, like, it took off, like, right after. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, but, but it was in certain situations, someone's pressed the mute button on me. Yeah, yeah. And I just didn't talk. And so that was for me whenever I was outside of home. I just mm-hmm. did not talk for, for a few years. Then that became social anxiety. And then that became depression, too, in, like, middle school. And what changed for me is in high school, I took uh, speech and, um, public speaking. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was a class where we're going to sit down and study famous public speeches. And mm. I was like, this sounds awesome. Like JFK, oh, no. MLK. I'm so down for this. Anything with a K, really? Yeah, well, yeah. Not anything, they, but well, anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> Especially three of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I was super down for that. And then the first day of class, Miss Georgiana Hayes said, this is a class where you're going to face your fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I, like, almost pissed in my pants. Yeah. I might have. Who knows? <laughs> the thing is, though, I couldn't bring myself to drop the class uh-huh. because I would have to talk to the teacher to get her permission. <gasps> oh, no. So my social anxiety <laughs> got in the way of me dropping that yeah. class, which was totally my MO. That was me, like, all throughout my childhood was, I was like well, I'm not gonna worry about it I'm just gonna like avoid doing that I'm sure it'll work out <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't avoid it what happened though she was so damn good at her job that she started off with us having like one minute conversations with mm. the person next to us yeah and then like a small group and then like a small speech in front of that small group and then like slowly building on that now i see that that was exposure therapy is what she was doing but i didn't yeah. know that at the time it helped me to overcome my social anxiety mm-hmm. and even to this day i feel it a little bit in certain situations mm-hmm. but i that class unlocked my ability to do a bunch of stuff i wanted to do like my whole life um, and that's also what led me to want to treat anxiety. I wanted to help other people to experience that. That's really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, two things. One, the one thing about me, I yeah. had a very similar experience with theater. I was mm. really a shy kid and very awkward and anxious. And then I started doing theater and then like the bonus of doing that rather than like say public speaking is of course that their lines are written down and and it's somebody else so if the play if they don't like me quote unquote that's not that's nothing to do with me that's everything to do with the character Mm -hmm. so there's that barrier but it slowly faded away into like oh yeah I can talk in front of 120 people that's fine like I don't think anything of it which is I think I get anxious just because of the amount of energy that kind of crowd has but it's not like I'm not nervous that it's not going to go well. I'm just, like, excited, I would say. Right. Which is different because I think anxious now specifically has a very negative bent on it because when it used to mean worried and excited, those two things together. Totally. And so, like, I feel a lot of anxiety, but it's a lot of, like, just hyperactivity. I feel like it's another good word for it. But um, also, talking about your um, experience with... uh, Social anxiety and selected mutism. Um, how do you feel about that portrayal on the Big Bang Theory? Do you think it's accurate or not? I would love to hear your thoughts, and I want you to drag the show. 
I am not a fan. So, I learned a, a, a long time ago from watching a panel yeah. of uh, stand-up comics and comedy writers, the whole idea of punching up versus punching down. Yeah. And I, that idea so resonated with mm-hmm. me as I was starting to do more media work is this idea of take on those large, oppressive yeah. organizations like people who are empowered and really abusing that power mm-hmm. versus the people who have been uh, discriminated against, pushed down. Like, like don't beat up on yeah, the yeah. people who have been beat, beat up. What I think Big Bang Theory does is a lot of punching down. Okay. I see it as a lot of stereotypes mm-hmm. about geeks and nerds. Um, mm-hmm. I also see it as like, like the Indian character, yeah, yeah. like he is like the worst Indian character. <laughs> like, well, Apu's probably worse, um, but he's like not doing us any favors. Yeah, um, super socially awkward. Can mm-hmm. only like talk to someone if he drinks. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think it's, I think it's at best it's mixed. Yeah, like I'm a pretty geeky guy, and I don't know anyone who's like them. Like, yeah, they're like 100% geeky about like everything. Yeah, like. I don't know anyone who's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I've seen probably five episodes sure. over the course of, like, I don't know, ten years, however long it's been on. And a lot of people tell me, like, Oli, did you watch Big Bang? They tend not to be geeks, mm-hmm. but they tend to be, like, you know, just, like... Normal people? Normal. Quote, unquote. <laughs> no, normal people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tend to be a little bit older, too. Yeah. Uh, they're either parents of like teens or young adults i work with mm-hmm. or older people that i work with in other contexts mm-hmm. and i'm always like no i haven't seen it and i don't want to crush the thing that they love yeah so i tend not to like criticize yeah, yeah. it but i find yeah. the best phrase for that is oh that's not for me oh just oh that's not for me you can like it but like that's great yeah like something like a lot and this is something that i have a lot of contestation with is because i really love star wars as if it had been by my house but i don't really like (laughs) i don't really care too much about marvel there's like one or you know about three or four movies that i'm like yeah these are great yeah and then so people come up to me like i just saw infinity war yesterday and i'm like it's good yeah but it's not really for me. Like, it yeah. was a good movie. And that boggles people's minds. But it is also just the most polite, like, that's just not for me. You can have that because it's not for me. I'm yeah. not taking it from you. Yeah. Um, counter- I, I love that so much, especially yeah. for Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Because Infinity War... It's so big. It's so big, and it doesn't explain any of the characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, if you haven't seen the previous 18 movies, this is not for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. it's literally not made for you. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to use that. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad to have helped. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, I, I would argue, or there's a counterpoint there of, like, how geek culture has blown up. Yeah, yeah. That, in a way... I would say that Bing Bang Theory is in a way punching up. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. it was not when it began. Oh. It was definitely punching down, but now it is like, it's this weird nexus thing of like, I don't know. Um, I don't particularly like the show anymore. Yeah. Like, I was a big fan for the first two seasons because I was like 16. And I was yeah. like, yeah, these kids, you know, they know what I know and like that, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But then it's just looking at it of like, oh, well, this, this, this is all just the easiest writing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> like right. they gotta just have like a dartboard and okay so the the jewish person <laughs> says something about 
Lord of the Rings. Right, right. How's that? Yeah. Um, but going back way, 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 way back in the conversation, you do CBT, right? I do CBT. Yeah. Um, what are some of the techniques, and can you kind of break down that and the history of that? Totally. I've totally. done that, and yeah. it's chef's kiss so oh, good. Oh, man. I was but. so excited when I saw your stand-up, and you were making CBT jokes. <laughs> I was loving those CBT jokes. I was laughing so hard. Good. That was like such... Um, such a like peak moment for me because <laughs> oh. <laughs> i um because that like never happens oh. and it, it's, it's just so cool to have that more as a part of the conversation because mm-hmm. when people close their eyes and they think therapy they're not thinking cbt yeah so uh cbt stands for cognitive behavioral therapy and i mean we can go way back and talk about mm-hmm. how it started or talk about what it is right now but it's basically the outgrowth of uh, folks like um, B.F. Skinner, so he was the guy who did. Uh, he would he would do a lot of research on rats and how you can mm-hmm. how you can train rats to do different things. It's a little bit the outgrowth of uh, Ivan Pavlov, who was mm-hmm. he was a dog salivation guy and um, someone who doesn't get a lot of credit for this, but uh, there's a woman named Mary Cover Jones who uh, back in the like turn of the century 1910s 20s 30s I don't know what the exact date is but she was a psychologist that took a lot of the research that those folks were doing and saying like hey you know we can um, we can use this to like help people mm-hmm. um, so we can use all this stuff like training pigeons to do all this wild stuff we can actually use that to help people with anxiety or mm-hmm. we can help them to learn new skills and stuff like that. So a lot of what CBT does is it's more like a coaching relate. Like here we are talking about geeks, but I'm going to mm-hmm. use like a total sports analogy sure. now. Um, it's, it's more like uh, you as a patient or the client, you're the athlete, I'm the coach mm-hmm. and we're going to work together and I'm going to teach you new things that you're then going to practice. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going to do that to improve and uh, move forward on your goals. Yeah, I can't do this stuff for you, but I'm going to be right here with mm-hmm. you on the journey and helping you. Oh, man, a, a better geeky analogy would be like, I'm like Gandalf. Yeah. And you are Frodo. Mm-hmm. I can't carry that ring, mm-hmm. but I'm going to help you mm-hmm. be able to do that on your own. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I like that one. Yeah, it's good. And it's like, it's a skill set. It's mm-hmm. what's really great about, for me, what was really wonderful when I had gone in and done uh, therapy um, was it was, a, there, I came in with a clear goal. I was like, mm-hmm. my anxiety is really bad. I want ways to not feel this way. Yeah. And so the guy was like, oh, cool. Now I know exactly what to work on. Yeah. And you can feel yourself getting better at the things that you're taught, just yeah. like any other skill. Like now I'll catch myself thinking something like just don't don't that's a bad don't go down that hole right now we're in the middle of something (laughs) you know just don't open that door and so that's really that's it's really productive and it feels really good to do it I'd say it's kind of like going to the gym too oh totally yeah you're like you can lift so much more after week seven than you can in week one yeah that's a great way to think about it too it's so much of what I do is about helping people to understand their emotions better, understand when 
acting on their emotions actually helps them mm-hmm. um, when their emotions might not fit the facts of the situation yep. or it might not help them yeah. with their goals. Like, yeah, it makes sense that you got angry. Like, I, I love boba tea. Mm-hmm. And, like, a while back, I was bringing all this boba tea home, like, uh, for myself, for my wife, for today, and then, like, for tomorrow. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had, like, four things with me. And I was mm-hmm. almost home, and this guy just, like, ran into me and a few of my uh, teas, they, like, broke and, mm-hmm. like, it was all leaking out. So I was furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and it makes sense that you'd be furious in that situation. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make sense to go punch the guy in the face. Like, that yeah. would not help me yeah, yeah, to get yeah. more bubble tea. So mm-hmm. it's it's about learning what are your emotions? When does it help? When does it not help to act on them? And then what are other things that might be more helpful? Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with your thoughts? How do you deal with your feelings? What do you do in these situations? It's more, it's very practical. Yeah, it's very pragmatic. And I think like the biggest thing that I got out of it is creating a dialogue mm-hmm. with yourself, mm-hmm. which is so nice because then, because I do, I, I'm working on this bit of like, I'll have a thought and I'll be like, who said that? What is going on? That's not me. What the, what the hell? Like, it's right. just it's one of those things of like, and because we, there's this whole notion that I really prescribe to of like, we don't. Our drive our brains our dry brains drive mm. up yeah. us yeah, so yeah, yeah. sorry but yeah um whereas like we're not in total control here yeah. it, there's some mind over matter and that's like really what cbt at least to me is like really about is like harnessing that and understanding it and trying to work with it yeah. um but and sometimes it's it's just about coming to terms with that thought yeah so like our thoughts reflect our feelings sure you know like if we're feeling anxious you're gonna have anxious thoughts Mm -hmm. but if we start believing those thoughts as facts yeah that becomes a problem so sometimes it's about whoa i'm standing at the edge of the subway platform and there's a train coming and i just had this weird thought of it would really suck if i fall right now Mm -hmm. that's a weird thought yeah okay that's a weird thought Yep. I had this strange thought. Yep. <laughs> Everyone does. Sometimes they t- say them in front of a few people and we call yeah. it comedy. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things of like, also, um, the biggest one that really helped me, that whole idea going up, that old idea is someone who is also has depression. It's like, oh, I had the thought, well, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, wait, you don't. Mm-hmm. You just want to not deal with what's going on. <laughs> you lazy son of a bitch. You just come on, just, just put a little work into it. But it's also just, there's that, and then um, going back a little bit, we were talking about getting angry, um, just in regards to that emotional state. I have heard, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this, of like, anger is a secondary emotion, Mm. meaning it's like a coping mechanism of something, you're feeling something else. Mm. It could be. Yeah, but but it's not that 100% of the time. Yeah, like, I mean, sometimes it might be, um, it might be just a reaction to feeling wronged. Or feeling mm-hmm. an injustice. Sure. Um, and there's there's a whole range of like what mm-hmm. that can mean. Yeah. Like, was it an injustice that this man <laughs> like broke open a couple of my bobas? Uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, but if you learn that uh, someone or a group of people are being 
treated unfairly their mm-hmm. rights are being taken away like that mm-hmm. is an injustice yeah. and like yeah you should get angry there so sometimes it can be secondary yeah, yeah. and i was just working with someone yesterday and he came in and he's like i'm really pissed off and i was like okay let's let's understand that so how you what's in your body telling you you're pissed off mm-hmm. uh, i'm feeling all this energy in my hands okay okay what are the thoughts that are coming up uh this this and this and then when we started talking about that, it was really about sadness. Yeah. And so sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the most important question that you can ever le- learn to ask of everything in yourself is why. Why is yeah. this happening? Because it's like, I've been angry. I'm like, oh, no, you're just scared. Yeah. You're just scared this person's going to leave you. Yeah. And so you got mad. Yeah. And that's totally yeah. a reasonable thing. In a way, in a way it isn't. Um, I You've also talked about like what's interesting about the idea of whether or not your emotions match what's actually happening totally of like subject and objective truth and that raises some weird like philosophical questions as well (laughs) because like there is this whole like what is truth (laughs) who's to say that isn't how someone like when you feel something it feels real to you so it kind of is in a way in my mind like Mm -hmm. you specifically there's that Unfortunately, it's a Louis C.K. quote of, like, mm. when you hurt someone, you don't get to say you didn't, that mm. sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. people have it like, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, to you, it's not. Which is a weird quote now yeah. in context of, like... Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. That's, that's complicated. Yeah. But I totally get you. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so if we take that, um, we're going to really use this example a lot mm-hmm. today. The the boba tea. <laughs> like, so my immediate thought was like this fucker did it on purpose oh wow you know like he, he saw i had four and he, saw, he had none yeah 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 he had none and he was jealous yep um <laughs> it, it was like this this thought that he's he was careless mm-hmm. and he he knew better and yet he didn't yeah like act on his like knowing better and he mm-hmm. did something to like personally attack me and so the big treatment we have for anger is something called distress tolerance. Like mm-hmm. what can you do to get yourself a little distance from that anger so your so your emotions can calm down a little bit so you can think more clearly about yeah. it. So when I think more clearly about it, it's like it's rush hour, it's a New York City subway, a ton of people. Like mm-hmm. we brush into people all the time. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've probably broken other people's boba teas. Like yeah. I didn't even realize it. And so – that's more of a accurate explanation mm-hmm. than he was doing on purpose. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. We've never met before. Yeah. Like, what are the chances mm-hmm. that he was doing on purpose? Pretty low. Yeah. And I think there's this really nice uh, emphasis with CBT of, like, it, it is so pragmatic mm-hmm. in a way that is really beautiful because it's someone, like, specifically if you're someone like me who has, like, a mood disorder, mm-hmm. like, you realize how arbitrary feelings are. Yeah. So it's like... Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to feel happy now. I'm going to feel sad then. What is that? Like, unless yeah. it's a life event, what does it matter? Totally. Which is kind of how, at least, CBT has really helped me. of like, oh, well, you're anxious now, but in 20 minutes, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And just kind of coming out of that that is and i think that's such a frustration for a lot of people who have bipolar depression mm-hmm. is like wait like things are going okay for me right now mm-hmm. and it's not fair that now they're now i'm not feeling okay 
Like, I've been working yeah. really hard at this. Like, what the fuck? Or with um, with seasonal changes, too. Yeah. Like, that's something that, that impacts a lot of people, especially those who have mood disorders, mm-hmm. is, like, winter comes around, less sunlight, and now suddenly, like, mood drops and plummets. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not because of you. Yeah. It's because of this other stuff. So then, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. It is a weird thing of, like... It, I was talking to someone who also had one uh, has a mood disorder of like there is this thing where you there's this tagline which is you are not your illness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like at a certain point I do believe that there is this separation separation of church and brain but like you know <laughs> uh, better yet church and mental state there it is mm. so um, but it is like at a certain point you also are like your feelings and who your illness does shape how you react to things and yeah, so to separate yeah. yourself entirely from it kind of gives you a weird license to just act in any way yeah. which i don't agree with because you can still really hurt people even if you're feeling really really good the other thing that you kind of touched on was like it's not like things are going well and it's not fair that i don't feel good mm-hmm. But it's also this weird thing of like it's kind of the opposite's true of like things mm. aren't going well and I feel really good. Yeah. Why that shouldn't be right? And then yeah. in the middle state, there's all this like specifically anxiety of like, is this too good? Is this too bad? Where where because like most people with bipolar disorder are in that middle zone most of the time. Yep. Like they don't have they're not constantly up and down. They would die. Yeah. That would just be terrible. So when you are in that middle zone and you go one way or the other, like when I have a good day, I have to go, am I having a good day or am I having a good day trademark, you know? Yeah, right. Which is like a whole, which is why, once again, coming back to CVT of like, that's why that was so helpful of like, just be what this is and don't judge it. That's a huge part of it as well. I found like just not judging who you are. It's okay. Yeah. Things will change. And and catching yourself and knowing what some of the warning signs are. So yeah. is it, you know, I just bought about $500 of Star Wars memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I usually do stuff like that when I'm becoming more hypo Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, or, uh, whoa, I did not talk to another human being this whole weekend. Mm-hmm. That's not Normal. usually something I do. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, understanding what your norm is mm-hmm. and what what are things that might lead you in another direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you brought up something that I don't have a good answer for, and it's something that I'm thinking a lot about, which is that whole identity question. Like, you are yeah. not your illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one of the things that always pisses me off is when people say, "Oh, they are schizophrenic." Yeah. And I hate that because mm-hmm. no, we don't we don't really call people like cancers. Like, yeah. Oh, th- that they're a cancer. We mm-hmm. say no, they have cancer. Mm-hmm. But then like we do call people diabetic and yeah. people do identify as as being diabetic. So like I don't know when it becomes more helpful to mm-hmm. for some people to say this is a part of my identity. I am bipolar, or I ha- I am schizophrenic, or I um, I am selectively mute. Like, well, mm-hmm. someone who's selectively mute would probably not say yeah. I am selectively <laughs> mute. <laughs> uh, so you can cross that one off the list. But like, I don't know when it's more helpful and when it becomes more of a problem. Because yeah. sometimes I see that with uh, people I work with that the having this as a part of your identity has now actually been more it's more of a barrier Mm -hmm. it's like well that's not going to work because i am 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I am depressed. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, it is a weird thing as well. Like, I was actually literally thinking about, like, because I feel like with the comedy I do, it's like, oh, Tristan's the mental health guy. And I'm like, that's fine. And it's really a niche thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm happy to do it. But also I make jokes about Star Wars and mm-hmm. I make jokes about my life. Mm-hmm. So it's also like I'm not just this one thing. And the thing I found... Because I also do a podcast, I do stand-up, I'm an actor, I'm working on, like, being a better writer and that sort of thing. Like, I do a lot of different things as well, and I think the thing that I found that is most helpful is to think of yourself as a person who does things. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I... Yeah. Or, like, I have this disorder, I'm not this, but it mm-hmm. is part of me, but it I have it over here, mm-hmm. but I'm also... Uh, someone's boyfriend and I'm also mm-hmm. uh, someone's coworker like mm-hmm. and it's kind of compartmentalizing all these things it's like a bunch of binary things mm-hmm. like a bunch of small things that make up a whole thing which is why I can I really agree with the whole like there's your personality and then there's what your brain is doing right. now they inform each other yeah but like who you are I think is has more to do with your sense of morality yeah. and your action than like what you think Right. Because we all think terrible things. Weird, wild stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Uh, something I've been getting into, and I've talked to a few people about this, is, like, I when I'm really, really anxious, I'll do, like, an obsessive thought cycle of, yeah. like, don't say this word. It's, like, don't picture an elephant thing. It's, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, So there's that sort of thing. Um, I, I love that. Uh, I think that's a really great and healthy way to think about it. I was just mm-hmm. doing... Um, an assembly with graduating high schools, yes, or not graduating high schools, but graduating high schoolers mm-hmm. who, like, 90% of them were totally checked out. Like, they, yeah, 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 they, yeah. they were, like, like school's almost over. Who is this bozo? Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things we talked about was um, how bad the advice is to, like, find your passion. Because uh-huh. about 80% of people have more than one passion. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff we like. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff we want to do. And if you only get stuck on that one thing, like believing you might only have one passion or there's only one thing about your identity might lead to like zero passions. It gets back to what we were talking about in the beginning about like social media, the internet, you see so many opportunities, so many things you can do. So uh, getting stuck on only one so limits you just in your head. So thinking about many parts of your identity and who you are Mm -hmm. and I am someone who you know I'm a psychologist but I also have this YouTube channel and I was toying around with stand-up which Mm -hmm. is where where we met and I love storytelling and I love Star Wars but I also love Star Trek Mm -hmm. and like those two, yeah, that's been a big battle in my life for like for a long time. <laughs> Which is fuck why it'll think about now because the same guy directed both the film. But uh, wrapping things up, when because you're a, you're a therapist, and when a patient comes to you, what are the tools that they can use to be more successful mm. in therapy? Like I come generally, like every time I've done it, it's like I have a specific goal for generally yeah. a week, yeah. every week. I don't know if that's good or bad or what, yeah. what's good for you guys, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, I, I would say number one is to really be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I'm working with someone and they're like, oh, I feel really embarrassed telling you mm-hmm. this thing. And I, I always tell them, you aren't going to shock me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have um, so much of my job. Mm-hmm. 
is to understand the humanity of the other person. Yeah. And um, I, my job is to try to understand how people got to different places in their life. And through doing this for many years now, I, I always know there's always many reasons why people are in the situations they're in. Mm-hmm. So like judgment or embarrassment, fear of embarrassment or fear of judgment, please like mm-hmm. don't worry about that because that uh, – like it's it's just not going to happen. So yeah. as much as you can to be honest about mm-hmm. what you're going through, and even if that means I'm having a hard time connecting with you, yeah, or like when you say X, I feel Y. Mm-hmm. Can you please not do that? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that stuff is so important. Mm-hmm. We need to know that stuff, and yeah. we're not mind readers. So the yeah. m- the more you give us, the more helpful that's going to be into having a really good partnership there so i would say that's that's number one um Mm -hmm. is just to be as honest as you can and then um number two is um is definitely coming with something that you really want to work on um and if that's i need to figure out what i really want to work on and i'm not happy that's cool too Mm -hmm. like we can do that but um that would be the second one and number three and this is more for like people who are forced into treatment, sure. Who might not want it, like a lot of teenagers, yeah. Um, is all right. Figure out how to make it not a complete waste of your time. Yeah, like that's what I always tell uh, teens whose parents are forcing them into treatment. You don't want to be here. Yeah, and I don't want to just like sit around mm-hmm. for an hour this isn't goodwill hunting this is <laughs> not goodwill hunting how do we make the best of our time together how do we like tackle mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. might add quality to your life yeah because yeah. i feel like a lot of people feel like therapists is kind of like going to the principal's office like mm. i've done something wrong where it's really everyone's on the same side we all want the person to feel better yeah and it's also there's this really that's a shame a lot of people i think that specifically suffer from depression and stuff like that uh, go in going well i don't deserve to be happy Mm. and that's really hard to tackle i Mm -hmm. would imagine as a therapist Mm -hmm. when you have that roadblock right um that's that's a tough one um and that's something that it's part of the job it's our job to to help you with that and so if I know that that's what's going on, mm-hmm. that's great. Like w- w- one of the challenges is when I'm working with someone, and a lot of that's happening underneath. Yeah, and I think it is, mm-hmm. and I might ask, but people say, "No, no, 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 no." I'm, I'm, that's that's good. Like, mm-hmm. d- don't worry about that. But actually, like, I'm really worried about that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a struggle, and my hope is usually with like trust and time that that is something that they are able to open up about yeah but, you know. that that all makes sense yeah well i want to thank you for being on and also mm. the good work you're doing um mm. where can people find you online like what's the name of your youtube show and yeah. twitter and all that yeah so if you're interested in checking out my videos um just go to youtube.com slash the psych show sure uh that'll get you all my stuff um, lots of videos. There's a great mental health playlist on my mm-hmm. channel, which oh. has all my mental health videos really easy to find. Mm-hmm. There's stuff on anxiety, on depression, on tics and Tourette's, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so check that out. And happy to keep the conversation going on Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. at Alimatu. That's A-L-I-M-A-T-T-U. And happy to uh, connect mm-hmm. with you all there. Ideal. 
really ideal. Thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the ride.